It can be really hard for us to relax at night. We're always thinking about covering crime. But the good news is our wonderful new sponsor, Via, has a terrific product that helps us unwind. Via Hemp has a wide range of terrific gummies of both the THC and THC-free varieties. They can help you with focus, recovery, sleep, creativity, or just plain enjoyment. These products legally ship to all 50 states. I really liked Zen in particular. This is a yummy blueberry option that lets you catch a chill sleep with help from CBN and CBD. It's really helped me turn off my brain and settle down for the night. I also got a shout out Flow State. It helped me feel energized throughout the day. Like not to brag, but I got a lot done. I'm talking about doing several interviews and editing a whole show from start to finish, not to mention jumping on some of the latest filings in the cases we cover. It really made me feel sharp and ready to tackle any challenge. I couldn't recommend this more. Via has so many great gummy options to choose from. Everything from guava berry low dose that allows you to microdose THC to the chill-inducing Delta 9 gummy dreams. Head to viahemp.com and use code MSHEET to receive 15% off and one free sample of their award-winning gummies. That's viahemp.com and use code MSHEET at checkout. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Enhance your every day with Via Hemp. Again, if you're 21 and over, you can get 15% off plus a free pack of award-winning gummies with our exclusive code, msheet at viahemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P dot com. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Content warning. This episode contains discussion of the murder of two girls. Yesterday... We ran an episode breaking down a frivolous lawsuit that two people named Angela Sidlowski and Sue Wright filed against Carroll County, Indiana. If you haven't listened to that yet, go back and tune in. You need some of that context for the discussions we're about to have about yet another lawsuit against Carroll County. As we mentioned in that episode, Sidlowski and Wright are outsiders, two interlopers who don't live in Carroll County or even in the state of Indiana. Their lawsuit, which has been dismissed, incorrectly interpreted both state and federal law and was labeled by observers inside and outside Carroll County as facetious and bad faith. But their work seemed to attract some positive attention from one notable insider. His name 
is Mike Thomas. Until very recently, Thomas was the chief deputy of the Carroll County Sheriff's Office. He worked for the Sheriff's Office since 1997, through the administration of four different sheriffs. Under the current and outgoing Carroll County Sheriff, Tob Lesenby, Thomas became the county's chief deputy in early 2015. Lesenby promoted him to that role, which is the second highest ranking position in the office, below only that of the sheriff. That points to a pretty positive relationship between the two men, obviously. Things have changed a lot since 2015. Thomas is no longer with the sheriff's office. He's publicly slung mud at just about every one of his former colleagues. He's blasted Tony Liggett, the new sheriff-elect of Carroll County. He's attacked the other employees of the sheriff's office for failing to support him. He's even currently locked in a bitter workplace lawsuit with his former boss and erstwhile ally, Sheriff Lesenby. Thomas claims that this one-man war against his one-time workplace kicked off partly because the office forced him off the Delphi case. In his own lawsuit, he claims they went after him because they're so scared of him blowing the lid off the murders. He's also made public claims that echo those of Wright and Slodowski concerning Hatch Act violations during the 2022 sheriff's race. This is especially interesting, given that the failed Wright-Slodowski lawsuit appeared to attempt to prop up their preferred candidate, one Mike Thomas. It's an interesting connection. We've talked about the egregious mess that was the Wright-Slodowski filing. Now let's get into the Thomas lawsuit. This one is perhaps even more important for several reasons. This is a former chief deputy making stunning allegations about his old office. This is a law enforcement officer directly bringing up the murders of Abigail Williams and Liberty German, claiming that he was forced off the case due to his differing views. The insinuation is that the double homicide was mishandled, that the powers that be got blinders on. Not to mention that this lawsuit may play a role in the trial of Delphi suspect Richard Allen. Just ask his defense attorneys, Andrew Baldwin and Brad Rosie. They cited the Thomas suit in the one official statement they released to the press before Judge Fran Gull issued a gag order. That alone means that this suit is worth unpacking. Is Thomas a heroic whistleblower with key information on the Delphi case? Do his accusations indicate that something is rotten in the Carroll County Sheriff's Office? Or is something far more petty and stupid at play here? My name is Anya Kane. I'm a journalist. And I'm Kevin Greenlee. I'm an attorney. We first connected while looking into the Burger Chef murders, an Indiana cold case. Together, we built a spreadsheet documenting hundreds of cases of restaurant-related homicides. That original spreadsheet gave way to our podcast, The Murder Sheet. Now we maintain that same research-centric, investigative approach as we look into all sorts of homicides, including unsolved cases, historical crimes, and, of course, restaurant murders. We don't just chat about the headlines. Our podcast is a platform for our journalism. The Murder Sheet focuses on investigative reporting, thoughtful analysis, thorough research, and in-depth interviews. We're the Murder Sheet. And this is The Delphi Murders, the Carroll County Sheriff's Office Lawsuits, Part 2.
As we mentioned, Mike Thomas was with the sheriff's office for decades, since 1997. How does a longtime solid employee like that get involved in this level of local drama? In his words, it all started with the Delphi case, the 2017 murders of Liberty German and Abigail Williams. But let's start with the events of 2022. Earlier this year, Thomas ran in the Republican primary of the sheriff's race in Carroll County. He was up against former County Sheriff Lee W. Horde and Carroll County Detective Tony Liggett. Liggett is a member of the task force that has been investigating the murders of Abigail Williams and Liberty German. That's not conjecture on our part. He was one of the law enforcement officers up on the stage at the October 31st 2022 press conference when Indiana State Police Superintendent Doug Carter, Sheriff Tobe Lesenby, and Carroll County Prosecutor Nick McClelland discussed the arrest of Richard Allen. You didn't get up on that stage by having a brief interaction with the case years ago. They've all been working this investigation for quite some time. Let's get into some general political background here. Indiana's Carroll County is deep red, politically speaking. In the 2020 presidential election, they went 74.6% for Donald Trump. In the 2008 presidential election, when Barack Obama pulled off a shocking Democratic win in Indiana, Carroll County went 55.6% for John McCain. We're not bringing political opinions into this. We're just pointing out the Republicans dominate in Carroll County. That goes for the sheriff's office, too. In 2002, Incumbent Republican Sheriff Dennis Randall beat his Democratic rival Roland Dick Rowe in the general election, 2,228 votes to 681. On May 3, 2006, Republican candidate Sergeant Tony Burns beat Democratic candidate First Deputy John Chapman in the general election, 2,633 votes to 771 votes. In 2010, Burns ran for sheriff again. This time he was unopposed. In 2014, First Deputy Tobe Lesenby beat Deputy Kevin Hammond in the Republican primary. Hammond told the Carroll County Comet, we had a good, clean campaign, and that he looked forward to working with Lesenby. Hammond wasn't just paying lip service. He's still with the office. In 2018, Lesenby ran unopposed. You're likely sensing a pattern in past sheriff's races. There were occasional uncontested races and many instances where Republicans bulldoze Democrats. The big event seems to be the Republican primary. It looks the same in a lot of rural counties in Indiana and probably many other places around the United States. But suffice to say, getting on the grand old party ticket in Carroll County has been the biggest key to success in recent years. Back on February 9th, 2022, the murder sheet ran an interview with then-sheriff's candidate Mike Thomas. We had first become aware of him through a Facebook post where he referenced the Delphi murders in connection with his candidacy. We'd been covering the murders of Abigail Williams and Liberty German for some time at that point, and we were quite interested to see a local law enforcement officer reference the case in a political campaign. We decided to dig into the possibility that the case had become somewhat of a political issue in Carroll County. We reached out to Thomas, Liggett, and Horde for interviews. Thomas was the only one who responded affirmatively. 
Here's an excerpt from that conversation. It gets into Thomas's thoughts on what could be done differently in the investigation. One thing uh, I believe uh, the Carroll County comment and other press sources have been critical that not too much information has been released about the investigation. Do you have any feelings yeah. about that? Yes, I think um, my personal feeling is I think that there could be a little more given out um, as far as uh, what's being done, a little bit more transparency in that area. Um, obviously, you want to keep some of that stuff very tight so that when you come across the person, you'll know that it's the right person. Um, but I think there are, are some things that could be released Um you know, there's so many people out there that want to um, drum up conspiracy theories of why this or why that, but um, that that's not the case. I just, uh, I guess it's a matter of opinion on who thinks what is what. But in my opinion, I think that there could be some more stuff released that you know might might jug somebody's memory or make them think, okay, yeah, I'm on the right track. In terms of the latest news that's come out of Del, uh, that that's come out with the Delphi case regarding this kind of person of interest uh, figure in the case, Kagan Anthony Klein, you know, uh-huh. it's sort of kind of typical of the Delphi investigation where you know uh, police authorities come out with you know some kind of information that seems super important, you know, whether it's a sketch or this na- name of this person, and then sort of. You know, there's a huge amount of discussion about it, and then it sort of dies down again. And I'm just curious, like, do you have any insight on, like, what's going on with this latest round of, I mean, with this Klein fellow? Or, I mean, is it still pretty locked down? No, that's pretty locked down. Um, I don't have much info on that for whatever reason, you know. uh, And part of the reason is when this investigation took off, um, I just didn't see eye to eye with the sheriff on it. Um, and which, you know, that's fine. We all have our own opinions, but, um, I didn't agree with a lot of the things that were being done or or being said. Um, and that's just my opinion. Um, but with the Klein thing, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure what road they're going down. I know a lot of people think it has to do with catfishing. Um, but that would take a big jump for somebody that catfishes to commit murder like this. So, uh, but I don't have any of the information that they have on it. So I, I can't say one way or another. You, you mentioned that you uh, have some disagreements about the sheriff on this investigation. Can you uh, give us some examples of some of those disagreements you've had? No, I really can't um, because it would go into the investigation part of it. Um, uh, other than um, I think there's possibility of other things that could have been done that wasn't done or, or vice versa. Right. Uh, that's, that's very interesting. I mean, I'm this might be a, a, an awkward question, but I mean, has the fact that you've disagreed with the sheriff and also are now, you know, uh, go, you know, declared your candidacy against him, is, has that caused tension in the office or is it pretty standard and relaxed well i think there's been some tension ever since i did that to be honest with you um and that's been from 2017 uh our relationship was pretty good beyond uh, before that and it's still a pretty decent relationship but i think it did strain it some 
um, you know, um, you can agree or disagree to certain things, but, um, my opinion is you're five years into this and, um, what outcome have you gotten so far? A lot of people are saying that same exact thing, that it's been five years, it's still not solved, so, like, what's going on? There's kind of that sense, I feel, around this, around Delphi in particular. Right. When you look at the crime in itself, um, typically, you don't have as much evidence as we have. You don't have a video, you don't have a sound, um, you know. So, that alone, would you would make you think that uh, this thing shouldn't have lasted as long as it has. But for some reason, it has. And I think that we need to rethink why that is and um, what, what's, what's the reason that it's going through. You can, you can um, have the people go back and look over the same information again, but if, it's, if, if they're not really seeing anything different, they may not come up with the right conclusion. And I don't, you know, you could send them back three times and see the same thing. I don't think it's going to do much good because they've already got it in their head that, you know, this is, this is what's going on. And, uh, I don't know if I'm explaining that right, but, um, doing the same thing over and expecting a different outcome. You know what I'm saying? We found Thomas to be a genial interviewee and we appreciated his willingness to answer questions about his platform. We did note that a lot of his answers seemed quite vague, and he didn't provide many specifics when we followed up. That being said, given his statement that he was, quote, out of the loop on the Delphi case since 2017, this lack of specificity seemed somewhat understandable. It's hard to come up with a bunch of detailed, nuanced plans to tackle an issue if you're mostly on the outside of it. As a side note, however, we will say that his comments to us expressing his ignorance of the case have taken on a new meaning in recent times. We'll get into that later. In the interview, Thomas talked about bringing in outside help, which is one of those law enforcement cliches that sound great to outsiders, but can rankle long-term investigators who feel like they're already doing everything that can be done. Thomas talked about not having much information about the case. He alluded to some tension with the sheriff, but didn't give any indication that his differing opinions on Delphi torpedoed that relationship. We'll include a link in our show notes so you can go back and listen. Generally, it seemed like a pretty relaxed interview. In the months after February 2022, the sheriff's race would become anything but relaxed. Let's jump to April 19th, 2022. Thomas took to Facebook, and he had some thoughts. Tonight was wondering if I should say anything, but as it gets closer to the primary election, I feel it's time to speak out against one of my opponents. I've noticed over the past month that when I have support of a homeowner, that within a few days, many have been pressed why they support me, and after being pressured, my sign either comes down or one of his signs goes up next to it. I asked the people of Carroll County, is this the type of person you want to be sheriff? Being pressured into not being able to show your support for who you believe would be a better sheriff? This should not be a battle of the signs, but about what an honest sheriff with true integrity would do for Carroll County. Please, share the word. 
In that post, Thomas seems to imply that the citizens of Carroll County were being censored and silenced. He doesn't cite any specific examples of what this pressure entailed. This is a bit of a theme with Thomas. Again and again, he will assume that the lack of support for his candidacy evinces wrongdoing on the part of his opponent. An alternative explanation for the disappearing signs is that people didn't believe in his candidacy strongly enough to keep his signs up. He never engages with that. In our view, the burden is on the person making such claims about wrongdoing to back up what they're saying in instances like this. Fast forward to May 1st, 2022, two days before the Republican primary in Carroll County. The tension has not dissipated between the Thomas and Liggett camps. In fact, it's just ratcheting up. Thomas posted on Facebook, sharing some thoughts on the race. First, he thanked his supporters for keeping him strong through a very difficult election, despite his own self-doubt. Then he took a shot at Liggett and his other colleagues at the sheriff's office. I think everyone knows that this has not been a normal campaign especially with so many officers backing just one candidate. In all of my years in law enforcement, I have never, ever seen this happen before. Not one officer ever asked me what I thought or what my plans were to make Carroll County Sheriff's Office a great place to work. He goes on to accuse Liggett, his rival, of lying about having money issues and lawsuits in his background. It's a spiteful little remark that seeks to denigrate his opponent's character rather than his platform. Perhaps Thomas felt like he was on the receiving end of similar such insults, and that turnabout was fair play. We don't know. We haven't seen anything comparable posted by Liggett at that point. We're only pointing it out because it indicates to us that by this time, things had permanently soured between the two camps. Anyways, Mike Thomas lost the Republican primary. According to the Logansport Ferrell's Tribune, Liggett beat the competition by winning 51.5% of the votes. Thomas got 37.1% of the vote. Horde trailed behind with a percentage of 11.4%. Even if Thomas had gotten all of Horde's votes, it wouldn't have been enough to beat Liggett. It was not a close contest. But that wasn't the end of the Carroll County 2022 election saga. Not for Thomas, not for Liggett, and certainly not for the citizens of Carroll County. A weight loss journey can feel like a lonely struggle, but it doesn't have to be. For so many of us, lifestyle changes like deciding to lose weight, adopting a nutritious diet, and taking up fun exercises are all about putting our own health and wellness first. But it can be really hard to know where to begin or how to keep the weight off once we've seen some progress. Quick fixes like soup diets and juice cleanses are unsustainable. There's a much better way to embark on this journey that over 200,000 people have already chosen. We're talking about the Roe Body Program. Here's how it works. Roe gives you access to one of the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Their Roe Body Program then sets up a comprehensive weight loss program tailored to your specific lifestyle, health status, and goals. In addition to the weekly shot, you get one-on-one coaching with a registered nurse. That can help you adopt and stick with lifestyle changes like exercise routines and nutritious diets. It's a comprehensive program that sees participants lose 15 to 20% of their weight in a year on average. But the real benefit is that you keep that weight off. 
This is weight loss at its most sustainable. With Roe, the average weight loss is 15 to 20% of your weight in one year, in conjunction with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roe.co slash msheet. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. Go to roe.co slash msheet. That's R-O dot C-O slash msheet. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Republican primary didn't clinch the sheriff's position for Liggett. Instead, the nominee received a challenge from independent candidate Mark Pinkard. Pinkard is a detective who worked at the police department in the city of Lafayette, Indiana, a college town in neighboring Tippecanoe County. He'd been there for 20 years. Meanwhile, after his primary loss, Thomas maintained a steady interest in the ongoing race. At least that's what's indicated by his remarks on Facebook. On September 10, 2022, Thomas updated his cover photo to a banner advocating for Carroll County residents to, quote, be independent, vote independent, Mark Pinkard for sheriff. On September 14, 2022, he shared Pinkard's Coffee with a Cop event calling him a truly outstanding candidate for sheriff of Carroll County. He shared a post from Pinkard's wife, Brandy, calling into question endorsements given to Liggett. He also reposted pictures of voters standing next to signs extolling Pinkard. By the way, we called Pinkard at two numbers listed on his campaign's website a while back. We asked for his comment on the race and his connection to Thomas. He rushed to get off the phone, saying he needed to go to a funeral. We weren't able to ever get in touch with him again after that, despite repeated attempts. In other social media posts, Thomas also started referencing the Hatch Act. Sound familiar? From his own posts, he seemed to agree strongly with the legally incorrect conclusions Wright and Slodowski reached in their lawsuit. In October 2022, Thomas posted a flyer of, quote, political activity as regulated by the Hatch Act. He focused specifically on the fact that, quote, less restricted employees may not, quote, use their official authority or influence to interfere with or affect the result of an election. On October 12th, Thomas called Pinkard, quote, the right choice on Facebook, noting that I've worked with both and I know the differences between the two. He also questioned, if you have all the officers in the county wanting one person, you have to ask yourself why. 
when one commentator asked him if perhaps local law enforcement was maybe just supportive of who they want and know who they don't want, Thomas fired back with an anecdote about a deputy wearing a candidate's campaign shirt in a squad car, and that since Carroll County received federal grants for COVID-19-related measures, that meant they had to follow, quote, the policy of federal employees. That's interesting because it matches the public rhetoric of Angela Slodowski. As a matter of fact, on October 23rd, Slodowski made a post to a Facebook group triumphantly making this argument. She posted documents which showed that, yes, Carroll County had received COVID funding. She did not appear, though, to note the significance of the fact that the documents she posted clearly established that these funds were received by Carroll County in 2021 and not in 2022. That means that the fact that these funds were received were not at all relevant in a case involving actions allegedly taken in 2022. On Facebook, Thomas engaged with another skeptical commentator, responding with something he learned from his, quote, profiling class, which we take as a reference to criminal profiling. People have a public side and people have a private side. And you, my friend, do not know the private side. You only think you do. Thomas would soon escalate his outcry regarding his grievances. On October 25, 2022, he filed a lawsuit against Carroll County, Indiana, the Carroll County Sheriff's Office, and Tobe Lesenby in his individual and official capacity of sheriff. He alleged his civil rights had been violated in the realm of his employment, specifically through political retaliation and patronage decisions in public employment in violation of his constitutional rights. He demanded half a million dollars. On the political front, Thomas's publicly expressed hopes for a Pinkard victory came to nothing. According to the Carroll County Comet, Liggett beat Pinkard by garnering 55% of the vote on November 8, 2022. The unofficial count had him beating the independent 3,402 votes to 2,790 votes. Not a horrible showing by Pinkard, but hardly a photo finish either. Now, let's get back to the lawsuit. Thomas alleges that his decision to run for sheriff led Lazenby, who'd supported Liggett, to target him due to his, quote, political affiliations and beliefs. He claimed that the Carroll County Sheriff's Office turned on him, unilaterally supporting Liggett, wearing t-shirts supporting Liggett, posting photos with Liggett, Thomas claimed these same colleagues refused to associate with him and derided him in group chats, and he became anxious about the possibility that he may not receive backup on the job. One element of the suit centers upon the fact that Thomas was demoted from the position of chief deputy, which was then given to Liggett. We can imagine that this would look punitive in Thomas's view. We can also imagine that an incoming sheriff like Liggett should serve closely with the outgoing Lesenby for several months. From a workplace transition standpoint, that could make the transfer of power much easier. Our strong feeling is that no one should have to endure a hostile workplace or bullying. We also feel that someone aspiring to leadership should command the respect of their subordinates. Was Thomas a victim of a campaign of workplace harassment? Or did his colleagues in the department just feel that he would be a terrible sheriff and they threw their support behind Liggett accordingly? 
We don't know if we can say for certain. One thing that we feel sure about is that it was egregious for Thomas to drag two little dead girls into this ugly spat about workplace politics. Here's what Thomas claimed in his lawsuit. Upon Thomas's information and belief, Lesenby and others in the Carroll County Sheriff's Office did not approve of Thomas running for office, in part because Thomas had made suggestions and offered assistance in the investigation of a high-profile child homicide investigation, which were overruled, in which Lesenby and others in the Carroll County Sheriff's Office feared would become publicized as a result of the campaign and or Thomas's potential election. Here, Thomas casts himself as a lone truth-teller silenced by the powers that be. If only he had been allowed to handle the Delphi case, things might have been different. And if the public knew about Thomas's amazing original proposals, they would surely turn on his enemies. In our view, this was a cynical move to garner media attention and the support of a small contingent of individuals who follow the Delphi case, who assert, with no proof, that practically everyone in Carroll County is corrupt and covering up the murders. We've received no further information justifying his decision to include the case that makes us think otherwise. The fact of the matter is that Thomas claimed to us that his differing opinions caused some strain in his relationship with Sheriff Lesenby in 2017, but that in his own words, it was still a pretty decent relationship. We feel that if Sheriff Lesenby had been so offended by Thomas's dissenting conclusions, he likely would have sought to demote him far sooner. And again, to refer back to our interview with Thomas, he claimed to have been out of the loop on the Delphi murders since 2017. I used to work at a national newsroom, and I participated in several investigative projects alongside other journalists and editors. Investigative journalism tends to take far less long than a complicated murder investigation, but let's just roll with this example for a second. Hypothetically, let's say that back in 2017, I worked on an investigative project looking to expose a company, let's say Acme, for, say, polluting a river. Let's say the newsroom had gotten tips that Executive Vice President Jones was behind the pollution. Let's say that I briefly worked on the reporting project, and then I left the said project for whatever reason. Well, if that had happened, I would not position myself as an authority on the topic concerning said project in 2022. Too much time would have passed. New information could have come to light through the efforts of my colleagues. If I wanted to falsely position myself as an expert, I might publicly castigate EVP Jones. That would be very irresponsible. For all I knew, EVP Jones could have been cleared for good reasons. My colleagues could have found evidence actually linking the orders to Chief Operating Officer Smith. Or perhaps they found that Acme never polluted a river, that the tip came from unreliable sources. Or that they didn't directly pollute a river, the real story was that one of Acme's third-party vendors was behind the mess. The Mike Thomas who spoke to us and candidly admitted to have limited information on the case seems worlds apart from the Mike Thomas who chose to file a lawsuit casting himself as a Delphi whistleblower. The law enforcement officer we spoke to at least seemed judicious about what he said. He talked about big-picture improvements for the office and the overall case. He didn't claim to have crucial information that was suppressed. 
How could a person so out of the loop on the case know that his favored lead wasn't ruled out fair and square? Anyways, Thomas's stint with the Carroll County Sheriff's Office has come to a close on the heels of the failed election bid and the lawsuit. He posted the following note on Facebook on November 21st, 2022. Today, I turned in my notice for retirement from the Carroll County Sheriff's Office. December 11th will be my last day on the road. This was not an easy decision, but one that I felt must be made. I've enjoyed many good years, but I've also had to endure some very sad times while as a deputy sheriff. The trust of the public was always my number one priority. I tried to live by being understanding. I was taught when I first came on that not everyone in jail is bad, but they just made some bad decisions. I also tried to understand that just because someone has a bad past doesn't mean they should be judged that way for life. People have changed. And luckily, I've had people come up and tell me that because of me, they were able to do this. Being a deputy sheriff should not mean just pulling people over and arresting them. The deeper meaning is give them something to look up to and make sure they keep going in the right direction so they can live a very good life. I am very grateful to have had such a wonderful career, not only just working for Carroll County, but also the Monticello Police Department, the Dayton Police Department, Flora, and Delphi Police Department, as well as surrounding counties. This is truly a great community, and I want to thank all of you for the support you have given. Then, on December 12, 2022, he posted again. Well, I'm now officially retired. Lots of emotions right now. Time goes so fast. I just want to remind the newer officers that we see a lot of bad out there, but don't focus on just that. There's a lot more good out there. We just don't see it. Stay safe, everyone. I'll see you around the corner. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. 
Let's talk about a few of the major themes regarding Thomas's ongoing grievances with the Carroll County Sheriff's Office, as laid out by his public social media posts and his lawsuit. A trend we noticed is that a lot of outsiders seemed highly interested in Thomas. When we first interviewed him, we got a number of reach-outs from other people who covered Delphi on their platforms. We were pleased because we felt it indicated we'd done a good job with an interview. Talking to candidates about how a case has affected their community felt like local journalism that could be helpful to the people of Carroll County. Looking back, we view this differently. We think that some of these people were happy because we'd platformed the candidate they saw as, quote, their guy. Around that time, we were also perplexed to see at least one journalist who's covered the case liking social media posts from Thomas. It was weird. The whole thing was just odd. As we mentioned earlier, Wright and Slodowski strongly favored Thomas. We imagine they filed their lawsuit because they felt he'd been wronged in the Republican 2022 primary. Thomas was also able to garner some endorsement from big names outside of Indiana. Former FBI agent Jeff Rinnick, who managed to get a confession out of serial killer Carrie Stainer, endorsed him. I have learned and strongly believe from my exposure to the brutal victimization of children, the investigators that have the greatest achievements are the ones driven by passion, compassion, and collaborating with others. In several instances, I have contributed to cases where I met the investigator during the course of the investigation. These qualities do not apply just one time, but every time. Because of the emotional toll, collaborating on such cases leads to lifelong friendships. I have been in contact with Mike Thomas on several occasions about different matters. We collaborate not only with investigations, but also seeking to emotionally support each other. In my experience, finding a law enforcement manager who shares these qualities is rare. I have witnessed firsthand the damage caused by law enforcement managers who focus on their careers rather than the cases. I have also seen the amazing accomplishment of law enforcement managers such as Mike. The implication from that endorsement seems to be that these men supported each other through tough cases, possibly ones involving children. Again, this seems odd given that Thomas claims he was ordered off the Delphi case so early. He also told us that Carroll County handed over the Flora Fire investigation, an arson fire which led to the tragic deaths of four little girls, sisters Kiana Davis, Kiara Phillips, Carrie L. McDonald, and Kiana Welch, to state police. Now here's longtime Houston homicide detective Brian Harris with another interesting endorsement for Thomas. I am proud to endorse Mike Thomas for Carroll County Sheriff. I've been a Houston Police Department homicide detective for over 22 years and a police officer for 35 years. I have had the honor of getting to know Mike through homicide training that I provided. Through the years, I've been able to critique and look over several cases that Mike has put together. I love his natural instincts and investigative canny. Over the last few years, I've been briefed on a high-profile case, and without question, Mike Thomas, if elected, would be able to follow his instincts and make progress on a case that has been a stain on Carroll County. What has impressed me the most has been his ability to dissect a problem, have a strategy to deal with the problem, and then know what resources are available to assist him in solving the problem. 
An investigation should be held to the highest standards, and the detectives should never lie or mislead the public or the survivors' families. For reference, Harris previously taught homicide seminars. According to his own words, that appears to be how he met Thomas. A flyer for a March 18, 2022 event led by Harris indicates that his one-day intensive death investigation course was, quote, designed for personnel with little or no experience investigating death cases and provides a step-by-step process for investigators to follow in order to bring the case to a successful conclusion. Earlier this month, Harris was arrested and charged with solicitation after an undercover sting. He has pled not guilty. We find it highly interesting that Harris indicates that he was briefed on a high-profile case. This seems to be a vague reference to Delphi. We wonder if that briefing was official or an off-the-books chat between teacher and pupil. People with little connection to Carroll County may have favored Thomas, but Carroll County residents did not. By his own account, Thomas's own office, people he'd worked with for years— didn't support him. Neither did the majority of the voters. They rejected him in favor of Liggett in May. Then they reject his endorsed candidate Pinkard in favor of Liggett again in November. One aspect that Thomas returns to again and again is the fact that his co-workers turned on him. Nobody supported him. Nobody wanted him. Everybody wanted Liggett. He makes an awful lot out of that fact. And we can understand that being a somewhat traumatic revelation, especially for a person who expects to receive some support in their professional endeavors from their colleagues. We imagine that it was somewhat humiliating and upsetting to learn that his fellow officers favored his rival universally. But we go back to the question. Maybe that's just how the people working in the sheriff's office saw things. Why does an office backing one candidate over another have to mean some sort of conspiracy or malfeasance on the part of Liggett? If Kevin and I worked at the Marion County Sheriff's Office, and we both ran for sheriff, and the office threw their support behind him universally, I might just get the impression that they think he's the better candidate. Maybe they have some negative feelings about me, or the work I've done, or they have doubts that they'd want to work under me, having gotten to see my temperament up close. Maybe they feel that I'm at the position I should be at and that I should go no higher. Maybe that's an opportunity for some soul-searching rather than casting recriminations. Not once in any of his social media postings does Thomas contend with the possibility that maybe he's been rejected for valid reasons. Or that perhaps his colleagues didn't ask him about his platform because they didn't want to encourage him. Or that Carroll County citizens chose Liggett over him because they wanted Liggett and not him. Not because of Hatch Act violations or squadrons of goons going around convincing residents to remove their Mike Thomas signs. In one of his posts, he wrote, If you have all the officers in the county wanting one person, you have to ask yourself why. Shouldn't he have asked that question of himself? Why didn't the people who worked closely with Mike Thomas for years want him? Personally, we feel that perhaps some of those questions have been answered for us as we review Thomas's conduct during the election and beyond. Pulling the Delphi case into his list of grievances was irresponsible. When Thomas first made this move, we said that. We're saying it again. 
And we feel especially justified in saying it, given that Richard Allen's defense team is citing the lawsuit, indicating that they're looking to exploit it to their advantage. To be clear, we're not commenting on the strength or weakness of the case against Allen. But if an accused person is acquitted, we would like to think that most observers would prefer it be because he is factually innocent, not because his attorneys are adept enough to whip up reasonable doubt by hurling weak claims of corruption against local authorities. The reason we're talking about these two connected lawsuits is because the defense has already brought up Thomas's lawsuit. Specifically, they said, The next time Rick heard from the police was in October 2022. This was approximately two weeks before a contested sheriff's election and within days of a federal lawsuit filed against the Carroll County Sheriff's Office by its former second-in-command, Michael Thomas. In the lawsuit, Thomas claims that he had made suggestions and offered assistance in the investigation of a high-profile child homicide investigation, but those suggestions and offers were rejected by the sheriff. Thomas further claimed that the sheriff and others in the department feared the disagreements with Thomas would become publicized as a result of the political campaign for sheriff. Thomas claims in the suit that he was ultimately demoted and replaced by Tony Liggett, who later that year won the 2022 election for sheriff. Furthermore, Thomas claims he was also removed from high-profile cases. We reached out to Mike Thomas's attorney, Nick Snow, for comment on this. We were grateful that he passed on the following statement on December 5, 2022, that we will read in full. We are aware that a press release was issued on December 1, 2022, by the attorneys for Richard Allen, which has made mention of the litigation that our client, Michael Thomas, has filed against the current Carroll County Sheriff and the Carroll County Sheriff's Office. Upon review of the press release, it appears that Mr. Allen's attorneys have made comments regarding Mr. Thomas's litigation, which accurately reflect the statements and contentions set forth in Mr. Thomas's complaint. The complaint is a matter of public record and speaks for itself. Although we understand and appreciate the significance of the Delphi child homicide matter, Mr. Thomas's allegations relating to that investigation constitute only one component of the broader scope of his complaint. Mr. Thomas remains employed with the Carroll County Sheriff's Office. Further, there is now pending civil litigation involving Mr. Thomas's claims against the sheriff and the sheriff's office, and also a pending criminal case against Mr. Allen. In light of this, Mr. Thomas's integrity, professionalism, and continuing respect for both the sheriff's office and the ongoing homicide investigation prevent him from making any further comments with regard to that matter at this time. We echo the sentiments of Mr. Allen's counsel that we do not want to try this case in the media. It is clear from the press release that Mr. Allen takes issue with the basis for the criminal accusations against him. To the extent that he takes issue with the manner in which the criminal investigation was conducted, the proper form for addressing those issues would be within the context of the criminal proceeding. As we mentioned, the statement came to us on December 5th when Thomas was still employed by Carroll County. He's since left. Our interpretation of this statement is that it's essentially a long-winded, yeah. You don't get to make the inflammatory move of dragging a double homicide 
of two children into your workplace lawsuit and then throw up your hands and say, well, that's not the whole story. We can tell you that around anybody close to the investigation that we've talked to, Mike Thomas is considered to be a person who has basically had virtually no involvement in the case itself for years. So that makes it even more baffling why he would insist on dragging the murder of two girls into county-level political drama. Why would a law enforcement officer do this? Why would they drag Abby and Libby into a workplace lawsuit? Why would two people from other states file an embarrassingly thin suit against a county where they don't live? We don't know. It seems relevant to us that Mike Thomas was publicly engaging with, at least indirectly, the Hatch Act claims made in the frivolous wright Sladowski suit. Could a man reeling from a stinging professional rejection have found comfort in a group of people making baseless claims about corruption in his own county? We don't know. Beyond that speculation, we can't really comment on the motives of people we don't know personally. To us, it seems like a bizarre waste of time. It's something we've usually preferred to ignore on this program because we don't like the sideshow quality of it. But the defense is bringing this stuff up now, and that makes it relevant for everyone who cares about the health of this case. We've been critical of law enforcement before on this program regarding the Delphi case, and you can bet that we will continue to be critical in the future. Stupid lawsuits, sore losers, and conspiracy theorists make it all more difficult to have a frank and honest conversation about areas where law enforcement has fallen short. Nonsense like that kicks up the mud and clouds the water. Thanks so much for listening to The Murder Sheet. If you have a tip concerning one of the cases we cover, please email us at murdersheet at gmail.com. If you have actionable information about an unsolved crime, please report it to the appropriate authorities. If you're interested in joining our Patreon, that's available at www.patreon.com slash murdersheet. If you want to tip us a bit of money for records requests, you can do so at www.buymeacoffee.com slash murdersheet. We very much appreciate any support. Special thanks to Kevin Tyler Greenley, who composed the music for the murder sheet, and who you can find on the web at kevintg.com. If you're looking to talk with other listeners about a case we've covered, you can join the Murder Sheet discussion group on Facebook. We mostly focus our time on research and reporting, so we're not on social media much. We do try to check our email account, but we ask for patience as we often receive a lot of messages. Thanks again for listening. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. 
Do more with Viator.